morning and welcome as we have come this morning to worship. Uh, I'm glad that you're here with us in the sanctuary and I want to welcome those who are a part of our congregation uh, via live stream. Uh, we ask that uh, the, uh, those who are watching us via live stream make some kind of comment so that we know that uh, hopefully a favorable, encouraging comment so that we'll know that you're with us. And I would remind you to uh, take the attendance pads and fill them out so that we can receive those a little bit later in the service. Uh, the activities for the week are the uh, usual activities at their usual time. Uh, the only uh, thing that uh, is a little different is pickleball. Does anybody know how to play pickleball here or want to play pickleball? Well, you have that opportunity from 2 to 4 on Monday afternoon. Please uh, remember the family of Rodney Thompson. Rodney died uh, yesterday. The uh, service will be Thursday at 3 o'clock. Visitation will be prior to the service from 1 until 3. So uh, keep Becky and uh, the Thompson family in your thoughts and prayers in the coming days.
Please remain standing as we affirm our faith using the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Savior, who by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. seated please. Now let us prepare our hearts and minds as we receive our morning offering. Let us pray. Bless, O oh Lord, these gifts. Make them be for us a commitment to you to serve faithfully, not only through our gifts, but through our lives. We ask that you be with us in that service and that your spirit lead us so that we might be joyful and loving givers and servants. For it's in the name of Christ. Amen.
let us bow our heads in prayer. We come with great thanksgiving, O God, for your most merciful and kind, loving and forgiving. Your love is beyond compare. Your glory shines brighter than the day, illuminating our lives. Your gift of Christ gives to us strength and hope and peace. Through him we know your love and are most grateful. We are very mindful, O oh God, of those who have very special needs at their time in the life of this church. Needs that only your love and grace can meet. Your peace which brings comfort and strength to these and to others and to ourselves. We pray that your spirit would guide leaders everywhere across our world, that you would guide them toward peace and understanding, that community would be established among the nations. We ask that wars everywhere would cease. We ask that People everywhere would respond to disease and famine with compassion and understanding, with mercy and kindness. We pray that you would guide us in this service, that your spirit would speak to each of us, calling us by name and saying that we are your beloved. And then send us from this service, O oh God, to live as your beloved servants everywhere. We thank you for Christ who has taught us to pray as he did his disciples through the ages, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The children are dismissed to go with Miss Catherine to Children's Church.
Back in December, Sherry asked me if I would uh, be willing to participate in a special sermon series. And she told me it was going to be a sermon series on the windows, the stained glass windows in the church. And I thought that that was a marvelous idea. And I said, yes, I would enjoy doing that. And she asked me which one. Well, there was only one choice for me. It was the Journey of Life window uh, up in the, the gym. And the reason I chose that window is because not only did I have the opportunity to work with a, a beautiful lady uh, in the, in the uh, installation of that window and the dedication, uh, but uh, it, it meant a lot to, uh, to be able to see that transaction taking place as, as Evelyn Pearson uh, decided on uh, the shape and form of that window. So that was my choice because I was here. Uh, I was her pastor and uh, had the opportunity to work a little bit with her on that endeavor. The journey, journey of Life window is a little bit different in that, first of all, it's not here in the sanctuary. It's not visible uh, in uh, the narthex or the prayer room. It is upstairs in the, uh, in the gym. Uh, it is unique in that it is both uh, traditional and contemporary. Uh, she wanted to tie uh, traditional elements of the window uh, in with the windows in the sanctuary. And so they accomplished that by uh, using the uh, same form and colors that are used on the side panels, the bottom panels, and the uh, upper panels. As I said, it was a great joy to uh, see Evelyn undertake this task. I think that uh, I understand uh, when the building was being built or the addition was being built, the gym, that uh, she had uh, intended to have it installed then and the uh, church came to her and asked her if she would uh, wait a little bit so that uh, she could participate in helping financially to get the building built and she graciously Consented, and I think that speaks a lot to her character of uh, putting others first. The window is given in memory of uh, Glenwood Marion Pearson Jr., uh, who died on December the 7th, 1993. Glenwood and Evelyn Pearson were married in 1951. In the fall of 1954, they purchased the local Chevrolet dealership and relocated here to Gadsden. They joined uh, First Methodist Church of Gadsden shortly after in 1956. Evelyn has been a faithful and active member of First United Methodist Church ever since she's joined and has provided leadership in various and sundry ways, particularly through the United Methodist Women. Uh, because of her leadership and sewing skills, she provided beautiful homemade baby blankets for new mothers and their babies in the Success by Six United Way program. And I can remember when I was here several uh, for all the years, there was one Sunday out of the year where the beautiful quilts were placed on the chancel rail and they were dedicated at that service. Of course, her son, Glenwood Marion Pearson II, also is an active and faithful member to uh, First United Methodist Church. Glenwood uh, Pearson Jr. was a native of Selma and a resident of Montgomery for a number of years. He attended Auburn University and was founder and owner of Pearson Chevrolet for 38 years. He has been, uh, he was past president of the Gadsden Kiwanis Club and held all offices that could be held here in the church. Uh, he was a member of the Etowah County and National Auburn Alumni Association. Uh, he served our nation uh, in World War II as a lieutenant in the U.S. Army and uh, he has served on various boards of General Motors Corporation and is, was a member of Alabama 60 Plus Golf Association. The window was designed and created by Ken Hardiman. Ken Hardiman is the grandson 
uh, Joseph Victor Lawrence, the author, the designer, the artist, the creator of the windows that you see around us. So his grandson learned the art from his grandfather and created the beautiful stained glass window in the uh, gym. As I said, it was chosen by Mrs. Pearson uh, in a more contemporary setting uh, and as a representative of the journey of the Christian life. Uh, you can see the symbols of baptism, water, and the descending dove uh, on one side of the window. You can also see, if you look very closely, just to the uh, left of the center bar, a pathway that leads up through the uh, hills into the distant future. And that is the pathway of life, the journey of life. Uh, the window is best viewed standing either directly under it and looking up or on the walking track uh, above and looking down. So uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful window. The final layout for the window was offered to the Board of Stewards on September the 11th. 2006, uh, and the uh, uh, installation of the window began in November of that year. And the dedication of the window was on Sunday, December the 17th, uh, 2006, at 10 a.m. So thank you, uh, Evelyn. Thank you for, to you and to your family for the beautiful gift. From the 11th chapter of Matthew, beginning with the 28th verse, hear these words. Come to me, all of you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. O Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. After having served for many decades in Africa, a missionary couple was coming home returning to New York to retire. After years of service, they had no pension. Their health was failing, and they were quite worried and discouraged. They happened to be on the same ship as Theodore Roosevelt, who was returning from one of his hunting expeditions in Africa. Of course, because Roosevelt was on the ship, no one paid the missionary couple any attention. They watched the fanfare that accompanied the president and his entourage. During the voyage, the missionary said to his wife, something is wrong. We've given our lives in service to God in Africa all these years, and no one cares a thing about us. Hear this man comes back from a hunting trip, and everybody makes much over him, but nobody gives two hoots about us. When the ship docked in New York, it was understandable that the mayor and, and a band and all the dignitaries of New York were waiting to greet the president. The papers were full of the news concerning the president's arrival Yet no one was there for the missionary couple. They slipped off the ship and found a cheap apartment in New York on the east side. That night, the man said to his wife, I can't take this. God is not treating us fairly. His wife replied, well, why don't you go into the other room and talk to God about that? He did just that. And after a while, he returned, and his face was all aglow. 
And his wife asked him, what happened? Well, I told him how bitter I was that the president should receive such a tremendous welcome when not one person met us at the deck, at the dock. And when I finished complaining, it was as if God himself placed his hand on my shoulder and simply said, you are not home yet. We are not home yet. We are on the journey of life, which the window depicts. That's why this passage is so well loved, because it really tells to us about burdens and about needing rest and, and that we can't go on and on and on without that rest. That's why people love this passage of Scripture. It offers a promise. But it's not saying, you deserve a break today. Kick off your shoes, and, and please don't during the service this morning. Kick off your shoes and relax. Take it easy. Jesus is not offering us some luxurious vacation or a wonderful day at the spa. He's not offering us an escape from life. As refreshing as it may sound, Jesus is, is very simply offering us rest and an opportunity. But we have to be careful how we approach this passage. We hear this passage and we think about, oh yeah, I need to rest and relax and just take it easy. Maybe get out of life just a little bit. But this is not what Jesus is offering. What is he offering us? Well, Jesus is in the midst of a continuous feud with the Pharisees who are declaring that all their followers, everyone that hears them, everyone that knows them, must follow the law perfectly, or else you're saddled with the penalty of your transgressions. In Matthew 23, Jesus says of the Pharisees, they tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others. But Jesus offers us an invitation to a different way of life, a different way of faith, a different way of understanding. Not a faith that burdens and breaks, but a faith that refreshes and renews. That's the rest that Jesus offers. A rest from trying and trying and trying again and still not quite ever measuring up, not quite ever getting it just right. Then why are we so tired still? I mean, why do we still feel like we're carrying heavy burdens? Well, the answer is quite simple. Because we are. We're all carrying heavy burdens. Some of them are self-imposed. For example, it may be the burden of self-sufficiency that says to us, you know, you don't need any help to get through life. You can do it all by yourself. And if you ask for help, then that's a sign of weakness. In a children's sermon, the pastor got a board and attached a rope on either end of the board. And then he asked a child to come and to stand on the board and take the ropes in both hands and to lift himself up. Well, that's impossible. But our desire for self-sufficiency makes us try to lift that board. And then there's self-centeredness. Oh, you know, that's another burden we carry that says our needs and our wants are more prominent, more important than anyone else's. And then about, what about the worth of, or the burden of self-worth, which says our value as a person is determined by what we do or who we try to be. Those are some heavy burdens we place upon ourselves. So if we're carrying those kinds of burdens around today, what kind of rest is Jesus offering? I mean, the truth is, we're going to have burdens. Jesus didn't believe in a life that was burden-free. He knew there were burdens in life. But it's what kinds of burdens that, he, that we take upon ourselves that are important. 
There's a second part of this invitation Jesus offers, and it has to do with a, a yoke. Come and find rest by taking up this yoke. That's kind of like the scene from Raising Arizona where this bumbling bank robber goes in and he shouts, freeze! Everybody on the floor. And the customer says, well, which is it? Which is it, Jesus? Do you want us to rest or do you want us to take up your yoke? You know, our earthly logic says that a burden is a burden, is a burden, no, much how, uh, no, no matter how much the seller tries to spin it as light and easy. But the key to understanding this text is the idea of the yoke. The yoke was a piece of wood that was placed on the shoulder of, of oxen to make them uh, efficient in pulling out a wagon or a plow. The Greek word Jesus uses for light or easy also means well-fitting. And I can imagine as a young carpenter in his dad's carpentry shop that he made a lot of yokes in his day. The ox was brought into the shop and measured, and there was a, a rough uh, yoke made, and the oxen were brought back, and the, and the yoke was placed on their shoulders, and adjustments were made until the yoke fit perfectly without strain or without chafing or rubbing the ox's neck. The yoke was tailor-made for the oxen. Jesus knows what burdens we carry, our anxieties and fears, our temptations and our responsibilities, our failures and our guilt. And he offers here to lift our heavy burdens and replace them. He offers to take that yoke of, of obligation that sits squarely on our shoulders and instead replace it with his easy yoke. Okay, Jesus, what makes your yoke easier? A farmer was standing on the side of the road. Somehow his wagon had slipped into the ditch and was stuck. So the farmer gets his tired old horse and hitches the horse to the wagon. And then the farmer says, Hiya, Betsy. And the horse just stands there. Then the farmer says, Giddy up, Chestnut. And the horse just stands there. And then the farmer yells, Come on, Sally. And the horse doesn't move. Finally, the farmer says, let's go, ranger. And the horse finally moves, slowly dragging the wagon out of the ditch. An observer to the farmer says, why did you call that horse all those names? Did you forget the horse's name? The farmer says, nope. I know his name. Old ranger. Old ranger is blind. And if he thought he was the only one pulling the wagon, he wouldn't even try. <laughs> you know, the amazing thing about what Jesus said is that the yoke is made for two. It's not one that Jesus imposes upon us, but one that binds Jesus with us in life. He's offering for us to learn to bear the burden by working beside him. He's saying that the heaviness of life will seem lighter if we are yoked with him, if we're willing to share life with him by worshiping him, by spending time with him in prayer, by reading his story. That's what makes his yoke easier. You know, maybe rattling around in the back of our minds that there is this perturbing question what do I have to do to get to heaven? What do I have to do absolutely right to get into God's kingdom? And we may base many of the decisions in life upon these two questions in the back of our mind. And when we choose wrongly in life, there is nothing but guilt and fear and depression because we've not lived up to what we think gets us into the God's kingdom. 
With these questions, the burden of salvation of our eternal destiny is placed on us, squarely on us, totally on us. Are we good enough? Are we? And we know it doesn't take us living very long to know we are not good enough. And that troubles us. That scares us. But Jesus is saying to us, don't try to be good enough. Through faith, you're already good enough. You don't have to worry about trying to earn anything. So knowing that, how are you going to live? Let's look at it this way. I know this is an improbable, very unlikely, almost impossible situation, but a teenage boy with a messy room decides to clean up his room. He cleans up his messy room and he can do it for two reasons. He can do it because he knows if he doesn't, he's going to be punished. So cleaning his room is an obligation. Or he can clean up his room because he knows that he's a part of a family and that he loves his family and they love him. And so cleaning his room is no longer a burden. It's a response to being a part of something bigger than him, more important than him. We can serve God because we feel obligated. We can come to worship because we feel obligated. We can give financially to the church because we feel obligated. We can serve others in the church and through the church because we feel obligated. But when you feel obligated, there is no joy in that. There is no peace. There is only the, the question that lingers in our minds, am I doing enough? Am I doing enough to please God, for God to notice, for God to receive me into his kingdom? Am I doing enough? The yoke of obligation is heavy and chafing. The yoke shared with Christ for the kingdom is light and easy because he carries the weight for us. Can we really walk from the burden of being who we think we should be? Can we take on the burden of simply being who we were created to be? The only time the load of life becomes unbearable, overwhelming, destructive, is when we try to take over and do it all ourselves. But Jesus is saying to us, to all of us this day, look, you're not alone on this journey of life. I am with you. Christ says to us, you are mine. Every one of you, you are mine. I have come for you. Now come to me. Let's go home. Let us pray. Give us just enough strength to take your yoke upon ourselves that in doing so we will find freedom and release and joy, true joy of attending and giving and serving, true joy of being ourselves and knowing that you love us and accept us. Thank you, Christ, our Lord, for being so willing to be a part of our lives, to help us with our burdens, and to free us for the kingdom. 
Indeed, come, Lord Jesus, and take us home. Amen. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. All right, new response this morning is hymn number 580. Lead all of King's Colonel as we stand and sing. to speak for, uh, to the pastor for, uh, with some uh, thing that's on your heart and mind, you may speak to her right after the service. And uh, if you wish to unite with this church, uh, she'll be glad to talk with you about that. Now receive the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. Lord,